I've given this one before, if I recall. Ten two-letter words can change your life. Ten two-letter words that can change your life. If it be, oh, if it is to be, it is up to me. Okay. And another one would be, success happens when preparation meets opportunity. So, um, praise God. I was going to give you, uh, I'll tell you, the, the, I'll have next Wednesday, three M's of God. It's going to be three M's or seven important things. <laughs> Father, we're praising you. We're just giving you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word. Thank you, Lord, that we are open, Father God, to your instructions, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we are pliable to your Holy Spirit, Father God, and th that we are not going to be resistant to it. So, Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks that greater things will begin to take place, Father God, as we implement the instructions that you give to us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> See, our minds have the ability to reason. Isn't that wonderful? To understand and to make some decisions. Um, and thus, with that, we can determine our actions. I mean, you put your mind to something and it should happen. Or you put your mind to stop something and usually it stops. Um, so our minds are quite important. So if we'll turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 23. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> A verse of scripture that we've seen before. That's Proverbs 23, looking at verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Wow. <clears throat> so our behavior patterns and lifestyle all begin with that little thought. And that's why you have, or we have, I should say, uh, situations that uh, you have thoughts that come into your mind that are not good. Uh, I don't know about any of you, but sometimes thoughts come into mind that, that I don't relish. I know they're not mine, it's just the enemy, but he knows if he get a thought in there, he, and if I begin to, if I don't put it down, and I begin to think on it, I could be swayed to go that direction or do something. So, uh, you know, our mind, we have a lot to do here with our mind, and we need to ha develop our minds uh, in the spiritual realm, amen? <clears throat> See, our minds are the same our minds don't change, I put it that way, after receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. The only thing that we do is, okay, I, I've received Jesus now, but there are, there are set patterns and habits already set in the mind that uh, uh, are not uh, compatible with God's Word. And thereby, as we read the Word, we can renew our mind, wash, wash out that bad stuff, and replace it with what God wants us to have. Um, so we can have a victorious life as we think God's way. 
In other words, uh, what his word says, we need to begin to do, implement it in our lives. Um, unfortunately, uh, some of us are a little more stubborn and a little more rebellious uh, than uh, we ought to be, I should say. So we need to take charge of our mind. Let uh, we are spirit, soul, and body, and our uh, spirit is born again, become new, but our minds are not renewed as yet. That's why in Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2, it says that we need to renew our minds that we may know what is good, perfect, and acceptable. Uh, and so we need to get our minds up. Um, many Christians make a little uh, spiritual progress because they never get into God's Word. Um, and I'm really I'm drifting now. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, it talks about being babies in Christ. And being a baby in Christ, we, want, we should want the milk of the Word. And um, a, lot, a lot of Christians that uh, are finicky, they don't want certain things with the word, so they just want only a certain diet. Um, we can all recognize that uh, as, a, as we were, or if you remember, feeding a baby or watching a baby eat after they get off the milk, and you give them certain foods that are you know, pretty much ground up, they'll... You, you, know, you do all sorts of tricks to get that kid to open their mouth. <laughs> and here it comes, and it, you know, and they get in there, and if they don't like it, you know, and then when you try the next spoonful, they... So that's the way with a lot of uh, baby Christians, that there are certain things, uh, we don't want it, you know, and uh, we're not going to grow that way. We have to get away, uh, get away from that, uh, because uh, uh, they have not learned who they are and what they are in Christ. You know, if if we could start to teach them who they are in Christ, then they're going to be able to operate in some of the things. You know, it may not, it may be a little strange to them a little bit. Um, you know, it was strange, strange to us, each and every one of us. Certain things that uh, God has told us, you know. Um, we're not supposed to do it and uh, we just somehow you know want to do it our way because we like it or you know it's a habit it's a, it's not too good and so uh, those those baby Christians are usually miserable and depressed um, I'm going to use Laurel as an example she has a preschool and some of the kids there are miserable and depressed because they don't get their, they put it this way, they get their way all the time at home. And then when she gets them, she is now being the teacher and they are miserable and depressed and rebellious to what she's wanting them to do. Just ask her. She has... Time to, how's it, how they say it? Uh, cowboy, cowboy 
vernacular, fit and tied, uh, to, fit to be tied, there you go, for, with some of these individuals. And, and, uh, and she'll approach the parents, and the parents say, there's nothing wrong with my child. Um, and that's what uh, we as baby Christians act like. We want our way, and, and uh, it's up to those that have led that person to know the Lord Jesus Christ to begin to teach them and feed them uh, so that they may uh, grow into productive people. Okay. Um, if our life is the same as last year, we haven't progressed in it. We're supposed to go from glory to glory. Amen? Um, even if our life has not changed from last month or last week or yesterday. So how can you change one day after another? Well, if you're reading the Word of God, something is going to scratch you. and Say, oh, this is something new. So you, that, that implements that you're growing. But if you're not willing to take the word and feed ourselves, I mean, uh, a lot of baby Christians just want somebody else to feed them. Spoon fed, they want the diapers changed, you know, that you pat them on the back and all that type of thing. But we need to start, they need to start growing, feeding themselves. Uh, something's wrong when, when a, a child is, uh, 40 years of age and, and they're not doing anything for themselves. You know, uh, we need to get, we need to move on. Um, we need to be transformed as the word says. Uh, that means we need to grow and mature. Renewing the mind is just not learning, it's applying what we have heard so we can be changed. You can't, just hearing the word is not going to do you any good. You got to apply it. And when you apply the word, you change. Uh, sometimes it's a little difficult. Sometimes you need help from other people. Uh, pray for me. Somebody say, will you pray for me in this area? I need a little help in this area. Or I need a little better understanding. And uh, you can, hopefully they'll go to you, uh, you as a mature Christian. If you ha never have anybody coming to you as a mature Christian, for as a mature Christian, maybe, maybe we need to check ourselves out. Are we acting as much as a child or a baby as them? They're not going to come to you except for want to murmur and complain and let's get all, you know, what's that uh, saying? Misery likes company. Murmurers and complainers just like to come together. Um, so if people come to ask you about uh, certain things in the Word of God, hey, feel, feel good because, hey, that, they see some maturity in you. Amen? Glory? Okay. Um, believing, receiving, and obeying God's truth is what transforms our life. Many people learn truth, but do not apply them to their lives um, to instit institute that change. Okay? Um, uh, the spiritual side of our mind has value. Okay? 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is something we, we all need to get a hold of this one scripture. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
verse 16, the last verse of that, that chapter. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. I'll read it from the King James first. Who for who, for who hath known the mind of, of the Lord, that he may instruct us? But we have the mind of Christ. Uh, from the Amplified, for who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we all, but we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do not hold the thought and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Glory to God. So. Having the mind of Christ means we have victory. And we need to <clears throat> have this as one of our pro top priorities um, in our confession, that you have the mind of Christ. Confession brings possession. And this is one, one of them that uh, we need to possess, that we have the mind of Christ. It means we have victory. Uh, going on further, let's go to these, these two scriptures. will go hand in hand almost. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 5. That's Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. Uh, from the Amplified. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be the example in humility. Glory to God. So, let this mind. It means that you have a choice here. We have a choice. We have a choice to progress, to refine, to develop into a mature Christian as we have the mind of Christ. Glory to God. It's a choice we have. It's how far you want to go with the Lord. How far do you want to go with the Lord? It's a choice. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Very familiar scripture. We've, we talk about it. We've run across it. So we'll just look at it real quick. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of the Lord, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The body's there. So we're needing to give our bodies over to the Lord. Then verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So our, our body and our mind have to come into uh, subjection to the Word of God, that we may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Um, Having something good is okay. Having something, I'll, I'll put it this way. Having a, I'm not saying this is bad. Having a bicycle is good. Amen. Having a scooter is better. But to have something excess, uh, accept, acceptable or, or perfect is having a car. Going into another phase, having a ticket for an airplane is good. Owning an airplane is better. Having fly, someone fly you all the time in an airplane is best. So it's something you want to progress in. So God says, I'm, I'm giving you 
something good, acceptable, and perfect in your life. 30, 60, 100 fold. What are we... Some of us are not even making this 30 fold program because we are doubting too much. Wow, glory to God. Oh, side thought real quick. I want to thank everybody that came Saturday and did those children's shirts. They look great. They really look great. Thank you, Mike. And Heather, Heather, you were there? Holly and Whitney. Wow, those chairs look great. I said, did we buy new chairs? They're that great. They're looking good. Thank you. Okay, so that's perfect. Those chairs came out perfect. From what they look like, they are perfect. Okay, uh, since, uh, since we're in that New, New Testament era here, we want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, something, that, again, that we always look at. And, well, you say kind of redundant, but it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down the imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into every thought to the obedience of Christ. That we have the mind of Christ, we need to bring everything into obedience unto there. Transform our mind to the things of God. Promote what God has established in our lives. Unto, unto good works, glory to God. Um, a changed condition to form an elevated and prestigious better state. He says we want to go up to a better state. We don't want to remain the same. We want to, like I said, if we're not, if we don't notice a change from day to day, something's wrong. And the way, only way you're going to notice a change from day to day is get into God's word daily. Pray daily. Find out what the Lord, you know, the Lord is not just going to say the same thing. You know, he might, he might be telling you on one thing, something all the time because you haven't did it. But he might show you, okay, I want you to put a detour here because down the block uh, have a construction. And, you know, all of us have been stuck in construction sites. I got one down the street. Almost got caught. I went up the street and here's this orange thing saying men and equipment at work and wait for the flag man. I looked behind me, nobody's behind me. I backed up, turned around, went another way. I wasn't going to wait for those flag people because they it seemed like they never come. It's 15 minute wait, 20 minute wait. So, we're gonna, yeah. so we need to be able to listen to make some changes in our lives. It's like the other day I was in. in Shopping, this is always gets me. I was <laughs> shopping again, and here it is 15 or 20 people, only two lines open. I said, Okay, which one, which is, which is the best line to get behind? I see it moving, and so somebody, a new checker comes over and goes like this, and somebody behind me, zip, you know, gets over there, and so the line thins out because they got three tellers now. I said, Okay, which one? <laughs> I got it in a good one. Amen. I had a little more patience. <laughs> I didn't jump right away into one. I predetermined this is a better one. Okay. So we need to cast down imaginations that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. 
this, to displace the enemy so that we have freedoms in God. You know, when God gives us a choice, that's a freedom. Because it expands. It just doesn't say, you're, you're regulated here. When he gave Abraham freedom of the land, he says, okay, here it is. I just want you to stay here. But he says, when you walk this land, it's all yours. You go anywhere you want. It's yours. He said, okay, you can see that. You know, unfortunately for Moses, he, goes, he was on the mountaintop. He got, he got to see all of the land of Canaan, the milk, uh, land of uh, milk and honey, but he couldn't go there. He was restricted. But Abraham was not restricted. We don't want to be restricted. You just don't want to see the thing. You want to be able to procure, procure, procure. Thank you. I'm glad I got an English major back there. <laughs> Mark chapter five. Let's go here. In Mark chapter five. Mark chapter 5, looking at verse 15. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed of the devil and had a legion sitting and clothed in his right mind and they were afraid. Remember, this guy was a little bit, this is a demon-possessed person and uh, Jesus told the, uh, the evil spirits to come out of him. And... Uh, and so the guy goes back to his home and the people see him. He, and he had a right mind. Having right mind, that means he had self-control again. He wasn't just, you know, foaming at the mouth. It means being a right mind, he was sober. You're trusting in God's word. Having a right mind is trusting in God's word. You're sober. You're following. You have self-control in God's word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That sounds good with me. <clears throat> okay, what else is uh, having a good mind? Philippians chapter... We're going fast here. Maybe get out quick. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 3. From the Amplified, do nothing from fractional motives through contentiousness, strife, selfishness, or for unworthy ends, or promoted by conceit and empty arrogance. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, loneliness of mind, let each regard the others as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourselves. Glory to God. It means our minds should, we should have a humble mind, being modest, uh, having a humility and meekness, okay? Um, that's something that uh, oftentimes uh, we don't have. I hate to say it, that uh, 
that's why a lot of uh, non-believers don't like Christians <clears throat> because uh, they're haughty, um, they're vindictive, um, uh, they're self-righteous. You say, what do you mean? Okay, uh, I'll give you two examples. Uh, there is a group of individuals. It's a, I can't remember if it's a church right now. It's a church that... Uh, goes out to uh, funerals of uh, soldiers that have died in battle and they go out there and say that uh, it's all wrong. The reason they, that they died is because our nation is you know, crooked and all this type of stuff. And so they get a bad name. They give, uh, and then, uh, of course, um, you have... Um, uh, not saying this is good or, or bad, but, you know, uh, oftentimes they have uh, uh, parades uh, for uh, raising funds for AIDS victims, but they're, they're out there on the streets yelling at, the, at those that are marching in the parade, you, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're dirty and you, that type of stuff, you know. That you're immoral. Well, a lot of people walk in those parades because maybe their child has gotten AIDS through a transfusion or something. Uh, they didn't do anything. That person didn't do anything. Uh, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So when people that are self-righteous, hey, you need to find out, um, hey, there's some good people in some of those things. We can't just, you know, lump everybody in the, in the same basket. Um, it's, like, it's like a crowd, okay? You can get in a crowd and all of a sudden there, there, uh, there's an eruption and uh, there's a fight taking place and all of a sudden the the cops all come and they, they catch everybody. And you were an innocent one, but what are you, what, are, what, how are you portrayed? You're portrayed as one of the, if you're still around there, you're portrayed as one of those that was instigating this, this riot. Hey, get away from people that, that do that way. You want to be part of it, you know. Uh, so we have to have the right mind. We have to have meekness. Okay. Uh, Romans chapter 6, 8, pardon me. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Look at this. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So which one? There, there, there's, a, there's a choice there. What do we want? And what, what do most Christians do? From the Amplified. Now the mind of the flesh, which is the sense and reasoning without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and there hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. So, again, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what, what do most people... <sighs> 
end up being? They want to be in the in crowd. You say, well, what's the in crowd? The in crowd is, is on the wide and broad way that leads to destruction. Those that are, quote, not on the in crowd are on the narrow path following what the Lord says. So uh, to be carnally minded is, hey, you go, on, you go with, the, with the crowd. Um, and unfortunately, uh, we are in a time when things are beginning to change. Like I said, up in Seattle, they, they're wanting to uh, implement Sharia law. And uh, Florida, they already have some laws that uh, are in the courts. They have Sharia law. That's, that's not our country. But they're being implemented because of political pressure, which is bad. But uh, we need to be spiritually minded and inclined to God things. Uh, we need to desire the things of God. Especially in the last days. We are in the last days. Uh, there's a, you know, the more and more I go out, quote in the public, um, I shake my head. Shake my hand. Mary, question. Wow. In college, um, a lot of women, men, they were, you know, especially just before school was out there wearing short sleeves. How many, how many girls and guys are wearing tattoos? Wow, 85%. You know, in the service, when I, you know, that was 50 years ago when I was in the service, you know, all, only the sailors, <laughs> not saying, some of the army guys, some, but you didn't see tattoos on people. Now she says 85% of the, the, the grouping in, in college, at least in Hancock, And here, the Word of God tells Christians not to deface themselves with things or pierce themselves. But how many people do you see? Christians, they got the, the I mean, the tongue piercings, they got, you know, nose piercings, you know, some of the stuff, you know, is, is in the Bible, but some of the other stuff is not. And he said, the Lord says, don't do these things because it's a heathen way. I, I, I look at the tattoos becoming so popular is that we are so close to the end times that when the Antichrist across, he says, uh, you need to take a mark. Hey, they're going to take a mark because everybody else is going to get it. It's going to be so popular. Uh, and what surprised me is women have, the, some of the women have the most grotesque looking uh, uh, tattoos I ever did see in my life. I mean, used to be, um, at least the military one, I was in the air police that, you know, if you're taking somebody in and they have distinguishing marks, you write it down, you got a 
tattoo on the forearm. Of, well, how are you going to put down something, somebody that's covered from top head to toe with, you know, I don't know how they're doing that now. It's difficult. But people are, are, are just... The list gets longer. The list gets longer? You have to, you have to put all those things? Or love mom. Now, then they go into the neck and... Photos? Pardon me. <clears throat> but but that, that's what I'm seeing. Everybody's gravitating to it. I, young, I mean, young, pretty girls, I, I consider them pretty. You know, they get these huge, ugly skull and crossbones. I mean, something that, that guys would wear, you know, the big macho guys. Skull and, these women got skull and crossbones and uh, maybe a... A snake coming in, and, I mean, it, it's pathetic, you know. It says, we have to have the mind of Christ. Where's the mind of Christ? Where are, I hate to say it, there was a, one televangelist that was saying, you know, somebody came up and he says, wow, you got some great tattoos. You ought to see mine. Well, what's that telling the rest of the Christians out there, especially the young people? Wow, the, the pastor or the evangelist has tattoos, you know. Hey, not saying that... Uh, if you got, if you have them, you know, a lot of Christian young people before they become Christians they have all this, this junk. I mean, you know, you smoke, you drink, and those things. But some things, you know, they're right out and open. You, know, you have to forgive them for that. Uh, you know, some are ashamed, and some they have some places where it costs a lot to get rid of them. Uh, they have some places in L.A. I know some places where the gangs are heavy, and some guys want to get out of the gangs. They try to get their, those tattoos that earmark a certain gang member. They'll try to get get those removed, but it's, it's pretty hard. I don't know how we got on that, but the spiritual mind, we, <laughs> the spiritual mind. We need to have a spiritual mind. Go with the things of God. Find out what God says. You know. Um, I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen when we go to Hawaii. <laughs> people are just, you know, I, I can see a nice tan, but <laughs> like you said, a full sleeve, that's bad news. Okay. Okay, let's see what, what else have we got here. Uh, 2 Corinthians, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 this time. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. So if anybody double dare you to get a tattoo, don't do it. Second Corinthians chapter 7, looking at verse 7. And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was uh, uh, comforted in you when he told you, 
his earnest desire your mourning and fervent mind towards me, so that I rejoice evermore. Fervent mind, zealous for the things of God. A fervent mind is zealous for the things of God. You need to, we need to be hungering and thirsting. Uh, from the Amplified, let me read it. Yes, and not only by his coming, but also by his account of comfort with which he was encouraged and refreshed and cheered as to you while he told us of your yearning affection, of how sorry you were for me, and how eagerly you look, uh, took my part, so that I rejoice still more. So there's some, we need to rejoice when people are hungry for the, for the Lord. Um, there's, not, there's not too many evangelists that... Uh, or programs I watch anymore because some of the stuff they are are, are leading into uh, deception. You have to watch what you're watching on TV or hearing on the radio because some of these individuals uh, have gotten over into areas that they should not be getting to. I'll put it that way. Uh, they're listening to doctrines of devils. Um, to say we're going to be with this this ministry here and say they believe like we do yet they don't and you're not willing to look into that and find out for yourself you could be led astray a lot of people are uh, a lot of there's a couple of major churches that are are involved with um, Chrislam. And, and, and the churches are growing. Out and out deception. It says in the last days there would be deception. We can't have it. You know. I was going to run a series on, uh, on Islam. I'm, I'm, I'm viewing it now and seeing which, which ones would be best for us to view. But it's quite startling. Uh, some, of, some of the ones, it started uh, right after 9-11, uh, talking about Islam and, and the traits of it and how we need to be aware of it. So I will be, uh, like I said, I'll be viewing those. But we need to be zealous for the things of God. Uh, unfortunately, you know, not, not everybody is zealous for the things of God. There's they got other things to do. Yeah. Okay. Second uh, Corinthians chapter eight, verse nineteen. And not only, but those who were also chosen for the churches to travel with us in this grace, which was administrated to us by the glory of the Lord, and declaration of your ready mind, ready mind, willing and obedience to follow God's word. Ready and willing and obedience to follow God's word. Do we have a ready mind? Hope we do. Ready mind also, we can look at uh, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Oh boy. In 2 Timothy chapter 1. Pardon me. 2 Timothy 2, chapter 2. Look at, look at verse 21. 
This is be having a uh, willing mind. If a man therefore, verse 21, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work from the amplified. So whoever cleanses himself from that is ennoble and unclean, who separates himself from the contact with contaminating, corrupting influences will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. That's the ready mind. We need to be have that mind. Amen. You know, a lot of people think you're maybe a little strange trying to do these things, especially now. But uh, whose fool are you going to be? I'd rather be a fool for God than a fool for man. First uh, Peter chapter three. That's second. Uh, say First Peter. I said that. First Peter chapter three, verse fifteen. But sanctify, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you. For the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. Fantastic. And what I like when, when, when we've gone so winning, there's some of you that has really popped out and done this. I mean, you know, the individual may be a little, you know, awkward, and all of a sudden you just, you just share from your heart and just flows out. And people, people are willing to hear when it's open from your heart that way. So I thank, thank you for when those that go so, so winning that have done that. I've you know, taken the essay, and then just after the essay is done, they, you just share. And it is, you know, we may not see the fruit right away, but the, plant, uh, the, the seed has been planted, and God will continue to water until it blossoms, or unless that person rejects it. And I'm hoping that, uh, that the Holy Spirit leads us to individuals that will receive and move on with the Lord. Amen. Okay, let's go back to Ephesians. We're going to be all in the New Testament here. In Ephesians chapter 4, again, look at verse 23. And be renewed in the mind of your, uh, spirit of your mind. Uh, from the Amplified, it says... And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. That's daily. That's talking, talking to us daily. Uh, you can't put this on a burner. Because I've got to put it off for tomorrow. No, this is daily. The Lord's asking us to do this daily. Um, and this, I hate to say this, but... Okay, we give it, you know... The Lord asked for a tenth of our income. How about a tenth of our, our waking hours? That means he's asking us to give two hours at least. And Jesus said, could you not pray with me one hour? Uh-oh. I, I find myself deficient in that area. I'm, I'm trying to build up in that area. But I haven't got there yet. So you know where you can pray for me. Hey, that I have a stronger prayer life. That I get to the, that 
hour, hour and a half that I need to be. You know, uh, you know some, some pastors, they pray, you know, I knew one, one pastor, he, he was praying, he says, eight hours a day. I said, how in the world can you do that? And he says, I'd go out there to the, he used to live in Lompoc, he goes out there um, to a place out in the, in the canyon up there, you know, Magalita Canyon, and he hike up there and he find a place and he, he said he just pray all day there. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think I'll get to that point, but I would like to get at least at least get to the virtue of at least an hour. You know. So. Anybody else making more than well, no one that guy should. I'd feel bad if if you were saying I got three hours and I'm, you know. but when you when we're praying, it's talking to God, and it's not all prayer is not all just talk 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 prayer just shutting down after a while and listening to God. How do you think Paul got it? You know, how do you think Paul got all these revelations? He prayed, and then God would talk talk to him, and then all of a sudden he says, "Okay, Lord, how did this, how does this work?" Because he knew the Bible, Old Testament. He would say, "How is this applied to this?" And the Lord would say, "This." So the same thing it's with us, as we begin to we begin to pray and then ask Him on certain things, He will open up the doors for us. That's praying. That's fellowshipping. And, and all of us need to have that. Um, when you're invited to someone's house for dinner, or just come over for, you know, or if you go out for coffee, um, what do you do there? You, you talk. You discuss things. Well, that's what prayer is. We need to, God is wanting to discuss things. It's, that, it's just that easy. But too many people are saying, jabber, 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 jabber. Thank you, Lord. That's the prayer time. And, and, it's, and it's over. We need to open up and listen to the Lord. Think about Abraham. God says, um... I'm thinking of destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. We need to talk. I need to talk to Abraham about this and tell him what I'm going to do. And then what did Abraham do? He says, Lord, okay, you're going to destroy it. What if there's 50 people there that are righteous? Would you destroy it? Then he kept on talking. He talked him down to 10. He figured Lot, his family, his girls... And maybe a couple other uh, shepherds that went with Lot would at least be ten there. And there wasn't that. We don't know how long of a time frame that was, but you see how people get deceived when you, when you tie in with other people? We need to, if Lot would have said, okay, I'm going to take, take this land over here or let you pick the land, uh, Abraham, but continued to have fellowship with him, he would have never gotten that, that situation. 
and he would learn he would learn more but apparently he didn't choose your friends wisely you know, a lot a lot of people choose friends but uh, I, I can recall uh, of an individual that uh, um, had friends but um, these friends had the most filthy mouths. I mean, every other word was this and that. I mean, bad. I mean, bad words. These were women, and this individual stayed have, had them for friends. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out why this individual would have friends that had such filthy mouths. Never, never understood it. We, we, we need to choose our friends. We need to talk to God, okay? We need to renew our mind. Um, renew our mind. Spiritually, we have to have vitality. Uh, it should be exciting. Uh, getting closer. Um, we'll try to get a few more in here. Second Timothy. Let's go back to Second Timothy one more time. 2 Timothy chapter 1. In 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a love and a sound mind. Let me read that from the Amplified. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardness, craving and cringing and frowning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Wow. So when we have, or when, yeah, I said, when we have uh, a time when we are inundated with uh, circumstances and figure like we don't know what's going on. We have a sound mind. Pull those strongholds down that are coming against you because we have discipline. We, have, uh, we know what was right from wrong. Uh, Titus 2 and 6, let's go there. Right around the corner, right, right past uh, 2 Timothy. Uh, Titus chapter 2, looking at verse 6. Like, uh, verse 6, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Uh, verse uh, from the Amplified, in a similar way, urge the younger men to be self-restrained and have prudency, taking life seriously. Wow, that's something we need to, people need to have. Second, oh, worse. Prudence, having a sober mind, a right mind, and not modeled, okay? Uh, second, Peter this time. And we will just about close with this. We've got a couple more. Second Peter chapter 3.
Verse, verse 1. 2 Peter 3, 1. The second epistle, beloved, I, I now write unto you, in both which I have stirred up your pure minds by way of remembrance. From the Amplified, beloved, I am now writing you the second letter in both of them. I have stirred up your unsullied, sincere mind by way of remembrance. We need to remember what God has said. Amen. A pure mind means that uh, it's free from spots and blemishes. Um, free mind means that uh, we need to have a microscopic examination to clear it up. <clears throat> a single mind is focused and fixed. There's no confusion, no compromise. It has a spiritual vision. It leads to plenty. Wow. It means we're developing. Understanding God's way. Um, values of a re renewed mind is there's no turmoil or anxiety. This is a hard one. Uh, found in uh, Mark chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Uh, pure mind. Uh, talks about maturity. Accepts forgiveness and extends forgiveness to all others. Um, accepts forgiveness and extends forgiveness to all others. Um, that is uh, something that A lot of people don't don't extend. Um, there's very few I, I, uh, that I know that can extend for to forgiveness to all individuals. Um, they are on the right track. They are a godly person. James chapter three. Oops. James chapter 3, let's back up a couple of chapters the other way. James chapter 3, looking at verse 13. Verse 13, it says, Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Wisdom comes from a clear mind now. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure and then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Wow, that is a good mind. That's a, ref that's a reflection uh, of the character of God in our lives when we can do that. And let's go to the final one. Let's go to 1 Corinthians Looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's 1 Corinthians 13. And we want to go to verse 4 through 7. Love suffers long and is kind. 
Love envies not. Love vaults not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not its own, it is not easily provoked, or thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things. Wow. That's the concern that we have. That's our mind. We're not self-centered. Um, we will not remain babies or little children any longer. But it's a, our choice. It's our choice to have the right mind. We need to choose God's ways, rejoice in the victory that he has given us. We need to be prepared for the next opportunity that we might excel. Expect God. Amen. Expect God in his suddenlies to operate in our lives. Amen. So now I get to go home and try to play with that computer and see if I can get to pull out the three M's. That's a good one. Three M's. You'll, you'll laugh at that one. Try to get it out. Three M's and seven important things. <laughs>